You're listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. I was gone for two weeks to India, which was awesome, but then we had spring break, and so I like, I seriously missed y'all. Like, it is super good to see you guys. I felt like it was like, I got home and see my, my wife and kids, my first fam, and I was like, I couldn't wait till tonight to see my, my second fam, and so... Seriously, super good to see you guys. Um, so in India, uh, honestly, I don't have a ton of crazy stories because we mainly were working with, like, pastors all day, every day for two weeks. But one of the interesting things was uh, our, our drive every, every day to where we were, were teaching the pastors was about, it was only 15 miles, but at the shortest, it took an hour, and at the, it's the longest day, it took two hours because the traffic in India is crazy especially in Delhi. There's like 20 million people that live in Delhi, so it's almost as big as Lubbock. Um, but it, it really was, it was crazy every day. And I remember one particular day, uh, we had actually had this Uber driver a couple of times, and we ended up, after what happened I'm about to tell you about, we didn't ask for him anymore. Um, but this particular Uber driver, uh, we're, we're driving, and, and again, the roads are all insane, and we're on, on, I guess you could say an interstate, but it's just crazy because there's like Five paved lanes of traffic, but there are, in reality, about nine lanes of traffic because they're all crushed in together. It really, it's insane. And so we're driving, and most of the Uber drivers that we had don't speak English, which I'm not hating at all because I don't speak Hindi. Like, I only speak one language. I'm a moron compared to most of these people. And so, because a lot of them speak two or three, or some one of my friends, Paul, speaks nine languages. I don't understand how you do that. Um, Paul Augustine, he's from, he's from Kashmir, by the way, where, like, that's where all the India and Pakistan conflict has been going on. Anyways, so we're driving, and this Uber driver doesn't speak English. And we're on the interstate. It's crazy. And out of nowhere, he says, Ch- I won't try to do an Indian accent because that would just be offensive. But he says, he says, change drivers, no problem. And we're like, uh, what? <laughs> he says, change driver, no problem. And so I, I'm in the back seat, but I say, if you're, if you're saying, like, you're going to stop and change drivers, like, that's kind of a problem because we agreed to ride with you. And he says, even a bigger smile, change driver, no problem. And I'm like, he doesn't speak English. Like, this is not going well. So no lie, we're on, the, on this crazy interstate. Like, should be four lanes of traffic. There's nine lanes of traffic. And he starts, sure enough, to just kind of stop in the interstate. Like, he's just stopping. And we're like, he's like as he stops, he's like, change driver, no problem. We're like, change driver, yes, problem, yes. <laughs> problem, problem. And he's just like, no problem, no problem. So we come to a stop and it's like out of nowhere, miraculously, this random man is standing in the interstate and he's like, change driver, no problem. <laughs> We're like, yes, problem. And so sure enough, he gets in the car and he said, you know what he says, change driver, no problem. And at this time we're like, I guess it's not a problem because we don't have a choice. <laughs> so he, can, he proceeds to drive us the rest of the hour. But as the guy, as the one guy was leaving, we're like, we are not giving him a five-star Uber review. Like, this was terrible. This was, he wasn't just, like, an okay driver. He was, he was a bad driver. And even when you think about driving, and now being a dad, like, I have this kind of new desire to stay alive so I can raise my kids. Um, and oh, I'm not new, but, like, uh, <laughs> I've never experienced this. A greater desire, a greater desire. I, I found myself wanting to choke several drivers there. But uh, I was like, you just being okay is not okay. You have to be a great driver. And it made me think of, if you don't watch much TV, that's okay. We don't watch much TV, but somehow we've seen these commercials, both of these. Um, have you seen the AT&T commercials about okay or just okay is not okay? Well, in case you haven't, one of my favorites is um, where a guy goes into a, a, like a uh, 
what do you, oh my gosh, a mechanic, like for a car shop. What am I trying to say? Mechanic shop for car. I don't know why I'm struggling to say that. Anyways, so he goes in and he's like, yeah, you guys do brakes? And the guy's like, yeah, we do brakes. And he's like, you pretty good? He says, we're okay. And the guy's like, you're just okay at brakes? And he says, yeah, we have a saying around here. If your brakes don't stop you, something will. <laughs> and he's like, and that, it says, okay, just okay is not okay. And another one, another one have y'all seen the tattoo parlor one? Where he goes in and he's like, uh, what does he say? He says, oh, yeah, is it going to look, my first tattoo, he says, yeah. And he says, it's going to look okay. And the guy's like, it's going to look okay. And he says, yeah, I, I am one of the uh, tattoo artists in the city. And he's like, do you mean one of the best? And then when he, the guy starts to like straight up put the tattoo on him and the guy getting the tattoo interrupts him and says, aren't you supposed to draw it first? And the guy says, stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> and again, just okay is not okay. There are a lot of things that when you think of them as just being okay, it's not okay. Like honestly, we kind of think of food on a Tuesday night as really food period, amen? Like just okay is not okay right? We want it to be incredible. We want your worship experience to be incredible. When you think about your, uh, not to like just make you uh, anxious about school, when you think about finals coming up in a couple months, you don't want to just do okay, you want to do great, right? Or if you think about, uh, I don't know if y'all know this, I'm pretty sure you do, but uh, our boy Zach and our girl Becca got engaged. Oh yeah, give me. And when you, when, you think about, when you think about an engaged couple, uh, and then when you first meet and start talking to someone, like, you may, you, as you're trying to figure out if you, like, get to know them, you may say, that's okay, I'm not sure. But when a couple gets engaged, like, if I got back from India and talked to Zach and Beckett, and was like, man, Zach, how do you feel about Becca? And if he was like, she's okay, <laughs> that would be a problem, right? That is not okay. There's certain things that we're not going to settle for okay. One of those things is my relationship with Christ, right? I don't want it to just be okay. Or, or even beyond that, the impact that I have for Christ, I don't want it to be like when I get to heaven and Jesus is like, you did okay down there. Like, ah, come on. Like, I want it to be like, well done, awesome job. And I don't know about you, but in, in your college experience, some of y'all just fixing to start college is exciting. Don't, don't, who said don't? That's terrible. Um, <laughs> Or th even thinking, if you're in high school, we, by the way, we have our seniors here tonight. Did we already say that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was, I don't know where I was. But when you think about your high school experience or your college experience, as a Christian, you don't want to get to the end of that and think about your impact for Christ and just say, yeah, it was okay. Like, I don't know. Or if you're in the, in the workforce, like our young adults, you don't want to think about even the first, like, 10 years of your career, you don't want to get to the end of that and say, yeah, it was an, it was an okay thing. Like, I guess I had an impact for Christ. No, like, we want to make an impact. The little interactions, it's, tonight's different in general. Um, why, bless you, <laughs> why do we want to make an impact for Christ? Don't overthink this question. Don't get, like, super, super deep on me. You can think spiritual, but don't try to, like, get all theological on me. Just smack it down real quick. <laughs> No, why do we want to make an impact for Christ? I heard someone say, because we what? Okay, to get people to his kingdom, yes. And what, Jonathan, you say? Because we love him. Yeah, both of, absolutely, both of those. Yeah, because I love Christ, because of, of what he's done for me, I want to make an impact. I want people to experience his kingdom. What else? Anything else? Yes, sir, James. Yeah. 
He's the God of all nations. I think Zach preached about the fact that the gospel is for everyone, right? It's for, it's for every single person. So I want to have an impact for him. I think about, about the fact that there's no one more satisfying than Christ. And the fact that there's nothing more fulfilling I can do with my life than to make an impact for him, right? So I don't want it to just be okay, right? I want to make a profound impact. So the why is not hard. The what, like, I want, as a Christian, should I make an impact for Christ? Of course, yes. But the how is all, not always so easy. It can be a little bit daunting. Like, okay, how can I make an impact for Christ? I think about the life of Paul. There it is. Um, did Paul make an impact for Christ? You reckon? Yeah. Like wrote a large portion of the New Testament. Um, started so many churches. Spit on your cajon, sorry. Um, like he had a, an incredible impact for Christ. How did he do it? Y'all, there's a, as we're concluding our Acts series tonight, there, there's a little pair of stories that I think is incredible. And we're going to move quickly through them. But this is incredible. I think if we can see how Paul had an incredible impact for Christ, what put him in position to do that, I think we can see how we can have an incredible impact for Christ. So check this out with me. If you have your Bible, awesome. We're going to be in Acts 16. If you don't, don't stress it. Um, Acts chapter 16. And we're going to jump in in verse, um, verse 11. Acts chapter 16, verse 11. Acts 16, verse 11. So, I'm, like I said, I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of this just for time. So, uh, crazy Athenian and Philippians in, in Acts that we've seen is the yes, can't stop, won't stop. Thank you. I'm trying to read my mind over there. But that's not what I was going to say, but I love what you said. <laughs> we've seen this theme of following the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit leading them to go somewhere and the people of God going there. So, Paul... And had this vision. He wanted to go to Asia, but the Holy Spirit said, not yet. I have some like theories what that could be, but it doesn't say why they told him not to go to Asia. But they go to Macedonia, and in Macedonia, they're going to go to this city called Philippi. So they get to Philippi. Check this out. I'm going to jump in in verse 13. And on the Sabbath day, we went. This is him and Silas and Timothy, I believe. We went outside the gate to the riverside. Uh, sorry, some of this dumb rap was down by the riverside. Uh, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, sorry, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. So this is a woman who she worshiped uh, the God of the Jews, but she didn't know Christ yet, okay? So it says she's a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, uh, she talked them into coming over. And, like, it sounds a little creepy to us because it says, like, Maya says she uh, urged them to come to their house, and she prevailed upon us. It's like, what is going on there? It's not sketchy. It's not, like, creepy. No, she's just, like, they're missionaries. They're traveling. Lydia, we know from other contexts in the Scripture that she was a very wealthy woman. She was a businesswoman. And she's like, no, guys, seriously, don't, like, stay on the street, come stay at my house, come get some rest and be refreshed. So Paul and the dudes go down to the river to pray because we're going down to the river to pray. And they go down there and they talk to these women about the gospel and what happens? Lydia got saved. This is a pretty cool story, right? Pretty simple and pretty almost bland, right? It's almost like saying, hey, you know what, guys, we're going to go down to the coffee shop because we're going to go down there and read our Bibles. And you end up having a conversation with somebody and lead them to the Lord. That's exciting, but it's kind of simple, right? The next story, 
is not so simple. And I, I think these stories are meant to be read together because the way Luke, the author, weaves them together. Check this out, verse 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, so they were, I think he's talking about that same story. When they were going down to the river to pray, um, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination. So she was demon-possessed and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men, <laughs> these men are servants of the Most High God. <laughs> That's my demon voice. Who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Now listen, as, as foolish as I look or sound trying to read it that way, the reason I do that is because, listen, if you just read it, it sounds really good. These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Like, next time I go to Texas Tech, if one of y'all wants to follow me around, I'm like, hey, this boy is a servant of the Lord. Y'all need to listen. I'm not going to be mad at you. But if you walk around in a creepy demon voice, I'm going to be irritated, right? <laughs> that's exactly what happened. It says that she kept doing this, and I love this. The Bible is so genuine and real. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, <laughs> turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. Like, shut up. Stop being all creepy, <laughs> right? And sure enough, the demon comes out. This is awesome. By the way, we don't see this all the time in our context. This happens all over the world all the time. All my India friends are like, yeah, the day I was casting out this demon, and I'm like, what would you say? <laughs> like, this is just what happens. And we could talk later about why I think it doesn't happen here. Anyways, it does happen here, just not as much. Anyways, so uh, remember it said that she brought her owners much what? Moolah, right? So now that the demon is gone, she's going to have the spirit of divination. She can't do all this fortune-telling crap. Um, now they've lost their way of making money. When you lose your way of making money, are you happy or mad? They're mad. So they're mad, and kind of understandably, even though it's like all demon and weird and stuff. So they're mad. So we read in verse 19, they dragged Paul and Silas into the marketplace before the rulers. Emphasis on dragged. They're not like, hey, come on, fellas, we want to have a conversation. No, knocked them to the ground. It's getting a little more intense and a little more weird moment by moment. They dragged them into the marketplace, and they started accusing them, saying, hey, because of what they're doing, we can't carry out our Roman customs. So jump to uh, verse 22 for the sake of time. The crowd joined in in attacking them, and the magistrates, the leaders, tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. This is not a great day, right? Like, when you compare the stories, one is so simple. We're going down to the nice, peaceful river to share the gospel and someone gets saved. What the heck? We got demons following us. Now when we do the right thing and cast the demon out, we get the crap beat out of us. And now we're put in prison. Like, what, what is going on? It says... Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. That's like the ultimate Jesus juke, right? Like, like I, that would not be me, I'm afraid. I hope it would be, but I don't, I'm afraid that would not be me if that crazy situation happened. So they've been followed by a demon-possessed girl, kick her out, or kick the demon out. Um, <laughs> get out of here, girl. Uh, then they're beaten. First of all, not to mention the public humiliation. They're beaten, and then they are thrown in prison. Now they're singing hymns story gets weirder. They're singing, verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds, were, like their chains were unfastened. Can you imagine that if you're just like a regular dude in the prison, you hear these guys down there singing, you're like, would you shut up? Like, what are they singing about? All of a sudden there's an earthquake and next thing you know, your door opens and your chains fall off. You're like, what the, break every chain. <laughs> like, 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 this is awesome. 
Like, how, how awesome is this? So the jailer, he, he realized, like, he's lost his life either way. Because if the prisoners run out, like, his, his life is over, he might as well kill himself. So he starts, it says that he uh, grabbed his sword, fixing to kill himself. And Paul cried out with a loud voice, don't harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights, which I, I'm assuming, like, would be lanterns and things like that. And rushed in, and trembling with fear, which uh, kind of understandably, like, what is going on? Trembling with fear, who does he run to? Paul and Silas. And he says, this sounds so polite, sirs. I'm like, are you British? He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your whole household. Not that if the dad believes, the family's automatically saved. Be saying, look, if you believe in Christ, you can be saved. Man, anybody, your, your entire family can be saved if they'll believe in Christ. And it says that he came to Christ. He was baptized, him and his whole family. Two stories. How are they alike? People got saved. Both stories end the same way. Someone got saved. Actually, them and their whole household got saved, right? Um, that's about the only way they're similar, right? How are they different? One is incredibly messier, right? Go down to the river to pray. Hey, you want to hear about Jesus? Sure. Get saved. Next one. Hey, get the crap away from me, Satan. Uh, get the crap beat out of me now. I keep saying crap, sorry. A little, it's been three weeks. I'm a little rusty. Um, get beat up, go in prison, earthquake, then the guy gets saved. Couldn't be more different in how it happened, right? One is calm and cool and collected, and one is insane. <laughs> one is a kind of a common situation, and the other is straight up crazy. You can't make this stuff up. Like, literally, you can't make it up. <laughs> so I believe the Bible. One is simple, and the other is incredibly complicated. But y'all, this is how the church at Philippi started. This story, these stories right here with these two people. Some people say even maybe the demon-possessed girl became a Christian. I don't see anywhere where it says that, but maybe she did. That would be really cool. But this is how the Philippian church got started. And by the way, Paul wrote a letter to them, right? Was that a pretty profound impact for Christ? Yes. How did he do it? I really believe what Luke's trying to teach us here, what God through Luke to us is teaching, teaching us, is that the way Paul had a profound impact for Christ was by seeing every situation, the common and the crazy, as an opportunity to share the gospel. How can you, at your high school, at your college, at your work, at your dorm, at your apartment, how can you have an incredible impact for Christ? It's by seeing every situation as an opportunity to share the gospel. The common and the crazy, the gospel is meant to be spread in every single situation. No one had a more can't stop, won't stop attitude than Paul, right? I think about speaking of Philippians. In Philippians, he was in prison when he wrote the book, and he, he's writing to the Philippians, which is cool to think about this jailer and Lydia reading it. Uh, Philippians, and he says, I want you to know that what has happened to me that has really served to advance the gospel. So me being in prison has served to advance the gospel. He says, so that it, the gospel, has become known to the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. So say, man, all these, all these Roman soldiers are hearing about Jesus. He says, and most of the, bro of the brothers 
having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He's saying, so men, not only are they hearing the gospel, but other Christians are getting bold to share the gospel. Man, Paul lived what he taught, right? That every situation is an opportunity to share the gospel. So here's, here's what I would say, and we'll finish. I think too many of us, me included, me definitely, go through most of our days, which most of our days, are they common or are they crazy? They're common. That's why we call them common, right? They're calm and they're common. And we go through it, just go through the motions, kind of bored, wondering what's next. Is the grass greener on the other side? And not realizing that every day God is putting people in our path that we can share the gospel with. That's how we make a profound impact. You don't have to become the next Billy Graham. You could. That would be really awesome. Give me a shout out when you get there. But you don't have to do that. It's just seeing every common situation as an opportunity to share the gospel. And I think a lot of us, me included, we have those crazy situations and we're distracted and distraught and like so traumatized that we forget, man, this is an opportunity to share the gospel. Paul saw every situation as an opportunity to do that and he turned the world upside down. What hasn't happened because we haven't had that attitude? Who hasn't heard the gospel? What dorm, what apartment, what high school, what place of work has not been turned upside down? Because we haven't seen the common and the crazy as both opportunities to share the gospel. Man, the gospel cannot and won't stop. May that be said of us, y'all. May that be said of us. Let's not sleep through the mundane days of life missing opportunities to share the gospel. And let's not be so distracted by difficulty in life, the craziness that happens sometimes, that we forget that God can use those crazy moments to change people's lives. The gospel spreads in the common and the crazy. Will we have a can't-stop, won't-stop attitude to share it? What I want us to do, I'm just going to take a moment because I still want us to sing um, a little more. Uh, but will you, and let's like, kind of try to keep it down. Let's not like, get all crazy and distracted. But will you maybe just with like three, four people, try not to get bigger than that because then it gets a little crazy and like loud, but maybe three or four people around you. Will you just take a moment? We're going to discuss things in connect groups, so you don't have to discuss a lot. But will you just take a moment for one or two of you in that little group of three or four to just pray ab about that truth? God, help us to see every situation as an opportunity to share the gospel because we want to have profound impact for you. We want to turn our world, wherever we live, whether it's common, whether it's crazy, we want to turn it upside down. Does that make sense? So just right where you're at, three or four people, we're going to give you a minute or two to pray, and then we're going to sing a little bit more. Go ahead and do that. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.